Welcome to the Ambitious Mom Podcast, the podcast for the woman who is building a business empire and a family legacy. Having it all and living the life of your dreams now. No delay and no sacrifice required. We'll talk life, online business, spirituality, and everything in between. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Let's do this thing. Welcome back to the Ambitious Mom Podcast. Today on this week's episode, I am so excited to introduce you to Emily Wilcox. Emily and I got to hang out a few weeks ago on her podcast, and this week she is coming on to the Ambitious Mom Podcast to share all about her journey building two seven-figure businesses in the masculine energy of hustle and grind. When she decided to ditch that belief that business and success had to be hard, and instead she put those businesses in the hands of her capable team so that she could dive deeper and amplify what she truly loves, which is the inner work. And now her mission is to help female entrepreneurs uncover their money wounds and heal them within community so that more money flows to embodied women and collectively uplevels the planet. I am excited for you to hear this conversation. So let's just get to it. Let's do this thing. Hello, Emily. Welcome to the Ambitious Mom Podcast. How are you? I'm so good and really happy to be here. So excited for a conversation. We just recently had one on your podcast, the yes. M Makes Money Show. And I'm just excited to bring you on to my podcast and share your just amazing journey with my audience. So start there. Tell us about M and who you are and what you've done in this online space, as well as offline in your businesses. Yeah, thank you. So I built two different seven-figure businesses, very much in the masculine energy, the hustle and grind, work harder, make it all happen. And, you know, I'm so grateful for that time and that season and those businesses and everything. Um, But when I realized that I was my own upper limit problem and started doing all of the inner work, like that really changed my whole life, including my earning potential in my businesses. And so that's always what I've loved. It's always been a passion and I just didn't know how to integrate it all. And once I figured that out, I really felt guided to start helping other women entrepreneurs. And so I sort of delegated a lot of my responsibilities in my agency and my e-com business so that I could focus on helping other women entrepreneurs to heal their money wounds and really use the strategies and energetics available to step into big wealth. Amazing. So what took you into the e-com business in the first place? Like, how did you get into that space from just off the streets, basically? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this was really thanks to my husband. Um, He had been involved with a couple startups and he had experience in product development, mainly in the consumer electronics space. Um, he was just itching to start an Amazon business. He saw how powerful the platform was. And so, um, when I was actually on maternity leave with my daughter, so I'd just become a mom. I had, I think 11 weeks in total before I was going to leave her with someone else and go back to work full time. And Jeff was like, let's start a business. You're home. This is perfect. I did not think it was quite as perfect timing as he did. I'm like, I'm also sleep deprived and learning how to take care of a tiny human and have boobs that are like out to here and (laughs) figuring out the whole thing. But anyone who knows my husband knows that he is like 
so passionate and enthusiastic when he gets an idea like this. And so we decided to try some baby clothing because that was like the phase of life that we were in and we wanted something small and lightweight and around like a $20 price point. And so we just like came up with some designs and went to the American Apparel Factory in downtown Los Angeles and bought some onesies there and brought them to a local screen printer, folded them ourselves, put them in poly bags, slapped labels on them, sent them into Amazon and had no idea what would happen. Um, but what did happen was that one out of the five designs really took off. And so we started developing some more designs kind of in that vein. And then my re-entry to corporate America was way rockier than I ever could have anticipated. And so was just kind of like, eh, this little side hustle, you know, maybe we put away some money for our daughter's college kind of a thing really turned into a light at the end of the tunnel. Like maybe, maybe, maybe in a few years, this could be something that would get me out of what I'm doing now. Cause I can't imagine, I always knew we wanted more than one kid. And I was like, I can't do this again. Like I'm forced to do it now, but lying in the sand, not doing it a second time. Yeah. Yeah. And so take me on that journey. How long from that, like light at the end of the tunnel, I can see this being our thing. How long did it take for it to be the main, the main thing? Yeah. So my kids are almost exactly three years apart. And so when I went out on maternity leave for JJ, I never went back. Now the plot twist there is that the e-commerce business really couldn't support our whole family. I think at that point it was maybe doing like 600,000 a year in gross revenue, but we get spoiled in the coaching industry where the margins are insane. Like other businesses are not like that. So we were having to pay for advertising and pay for inventory and everything. And so, you know, I don't know exactly how much we were taking home, but it wasn't enough um, to, to support, you know, the whole family and replace two incomes and that sort of thing. So some of our mentors and advisors at that time saw that we couldn't see was that our expertise and our know-how on the Amazon channel was really something special. And a lot of people had been coming to us just for advice. And so we would just give it freely. So one of our mentors took us out to coffee and was like, look, this is a thing. Like you should be charging for this. And it was like, oh, oh yeah, you're right. Maybe we should. So second maternity leave with second child started a second business and that's our agency. And between the e-com business and the agency, that was enough for us to be full-time entrepreneurs. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it because it's like you had the success yourself and then you got to step into that, that coach leader mentor type role with your clients in the agency. So you mentioned the hustle aspect that kind of got out of control. What were some of your initial signs that you were out of balance on that side of your like work? I mean, it actually took me a long time to figure it out because I was just very bought into this idea that like, this is the way it is in entrepreneurship. And so, you know, I was working full time and then spending, you know, three hours with my daughter before she would go to bed. And then I would spend about three hours on my computer working on our e-com business. And it just felt like this was the season. Like when you're in a startup, this is the way it is at a startup. And over time, then, you know, it gets easier. Then adding a second 
business into the mix, even though we took away the corporate job, I still, I just had all kinds of lack mindset and scarcity and fear around it. Like it didn't feel that safe for us to not have a reliable income. And my job was a six figure salary plus a company car, plus a 401k, plus a match, plus bonuses. Like it offered a lot of stability and it was the only thing in our lives that really had been a stable source of income for a number of years. And so to take that away, I felt all of the pressure to make the money and figure it out. My husband sometimes listens to that and he's like, oh my God, like, he's like, what about me in that equation? And so, you know, he was doing his part too. And I don't want to diminish that, but like, just from my perspective, I definitely had like an I'm on my own sort of wound, particularly around money. And so I felt like if it's going to happen, it's going to be me and I've got to figure it out. And so with the agency, I was hustling to try and get clients. And I was always responsible for the sales. So while my husband's role was important, it wasn't the thing that brought in the money. You know what I mean? And so just working all kinds of hours, doing whatever it took, not really having boundaries between work hours and play hours or anything like that. And and I just went on that way for a long time. And I actually remember one time getting a text from some friends talking about how we were about to meet for dinner in an hour. And it was something that I had committed to. And I'm typically like a very organized person and I have my ducks in a row and I had totally forgotten about it. I had been on like back to back to back to back calls all day. So I didn't even have time for my brain to like catch up or take any actions from each of those calls. It was just like this blur of try to get through and I remember that day specifically because I felt like something's got to change. Like, this is not me and this is not how I want to live. And if this, like, these are important things to me and they're sort of falling through the cracks and I got to do something different here. Yeah. The hustle, the hustle, like stay up late after, I mean, you even mentioned it, play with my daughter, put her to bed and then keep working. That's a season. A lot of my clients or the people that are in listening to this podcast are in, it's like that nap time, nighttime hustle kind of a thing. But the business gets to a point where you don't have to keep playing that game, but the body's already like conditioned to like, well, that's what we do. If I'm not up where is this working? And it's like this whole rewiring that has to take place. Absolutely. Yeah. My nervous system was so wired for that, that honestly it took years. It doesn't have to take years. So to everyone listening, don't freak out when I say that. But for me, it took years of like putting in place like a boundary here, a boundary there. And honestly, like COVID really was like a huge reset for me and my nervous system. Not that I was like the Netflix and chill during COVID person, like our businesses were online, so they were still operating. And now our kids were home full time, but it just, it wiped our social calendars clean. I had to figure out how to work half the time because so did my husband and we were just trading off with the kids and that was how it was. And so it was like, we were going on multiple walks per day. And at first on those walks, I was just like annoyed and thinking about all of the things I wanted to be doing other than being on a walk with my kids. And I was like, well, this is pretty messed up. So 
<laughs> Wouldn't it be nicer if you could actually find a way to enjoy this? period of time that you have with your children? Like, wouldn't that be a nicer story to tell when you look back on this period? And so that really was like the big moment of, can we get used to being in a way, 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 way slower pace? Yeah. So I actually want to go back to the part where you were talking about the provider role and like feeling like you had to be the one that was like doing the things and how like your husband hears that. And he's like, Oh, wait, hold on a second. Cause I think this is really interesting for most ambitious women. We have this where sure. We might be the ones making the money. Our husbands are too, for the most part, right. They're not, it's not like they're at home sitting on the couch watching Netflix, though. I'm sure there are situations like that. However, for you and for me, like our husbands are out there participating in the family wealth building right alongside of us. So how have you guys been able to manage those different dynamics and really grow together in your different roles where you might have more of a sales background or sales genius, and he might be more of the behind the scenes customer service or whatever. I'm not sure what his role is. Feel free to kind of give some inner workings on how you guys manage that. Yeah. So the biggest part for for me was my own inner healing. So I worked with a coach and did a lot of inner child healing and realized through that, that I was perpetuating a pattern that I witnessed in childhood. So the way that it worked in my family is that my dad was the responsible one with money and he really painted my mom as being super irresponsible and untrustworthy. I don't actually know how true that was, but like they still to this day have separate finances and they don't operate as a team at all when it comes to money. And so I had subconsciously or unconsciously adopted that. And I was the playing the role of my dad, where I was the responsible one. I was the one making sure that there was the roof over our head. And I was projecting like an irresponsibility on Jeff. There was just a lot of like, I needed to be in my masculine energy around money. So I wanted to be the one in control. And naturally that meant that Jeff was in his feminine energy around it, which was just sort of like, relax, trust, surrender. Emily's got it handled. I'm just awaiting instruction kind of a thing. And then I held all kinds of resentment against him for that because I felt like I wanted him to step up and like be more of a provider and like help me feel more safe in this area. But I actually had no idea how to articulate that or communicate it. It wasn't like I was asking and he wasn't doing it because I also wasn't willing to let go of control. And so when I was able to see that that's how that pattern was playing out and that what felt true to me actually wasn't necessarily even the case, then we could start to repair it and start to have some conversations around it. Jeff would like look at Zillow listings and he'd send me listings of like these $3 million houses like, oh, I can't wait until like, this is our house. And that would send me into like such a triggered fear response where I was like, oh my God, this guy has no clue how money works. He doesn't realize at all that this is like totally outside of the realm of possibility for us. And if he were left in charge, God only knows what would happen to our bank account. Like I was using that stuff as evidence. Meanwhile, he's over there thinking like, I'm just dreaming into our future. Like, wouldn't this be great to do someday? 
totally in the feminine, right? Which is the dreamy energy like the Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> Let's play here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's definitely been a process for us and like we're in a place now where we go on a weekly money date and we talk through some specific like questions and prompts that we have. And part of that has just been a repatterning of my nervous system that it's safe to have conversations around money. Because again, in my household growing up, money was the root of all arguments. Mm -hmm. And so it actually felt really unsafe to just even bring up that topic with Jeff because it was like my nervous system was already bracing for disagreement. Hey, Ambitious Mom, today's episode is brought to you by Everyday Payday. This is my simple methodology to help you go from a trickle of sales here and there to your PayPal and Stripe popping off every single day with notifications. Imagine waking up to these payment notifications that came in overnight. Imagine stacking revenue month over month over month and celebrating new clients coming into your world every single day. Inside this program, you'll receive the simple methodology on the strategy and energetics of making every day a payday. I'm also throwing in a list of over a hundred sales activities to plug and play with right now in your business. The best part, doing this methodology literally takes less time than it takes to fold the load of laundry that you've had in the dryer for days. <laughs> I can't wait to see you inside and celebrate every day being your payday in your business. Go to katiefleming.co slash payday. Let's do this thing. Can you share one of those money questions or prompts that you guys ask each other? Yeah. So like the first one is what do we want to thank money for? Yeah. So simple. So it's like, they're simple prompts, but you know, we ask, we ask like, what are some upcoming expenses too? So it's like, we're celebrating money, but we're also like talking about it in advance of purchases happening. And it just like helps us get on the same page with things in a way that feels really nice and really supportive. Yeah. So this is interesting, an interesting thought, but have you ever played with the idea of you being in a different role in the company? Like, had you been more of the customer service side, not the sales money dollars in kind of side, would you have had a different experience the way you guys relate? Or do you think you still would have had that pressure to provide and produce that would have been involved in you? I, I think I still would have because I think that the conditioning, it, I mean, maybe had I been a more healed human, like I would have chosen a different role. And that could have been different, but it was like, until I could heal the part of me that needed to have this death grip of control, not just on money, but like on all kinds of things, that was a big part of the healing that had to happen in order for me to step into coaching because I was the CEO of our agency. And I was like, I actually don't want to do both. And isn't it so interesting that although I want freedom, I also want to have a seat at the table every time a decision's being made. Mm -hmm. So which is it? Mm. And I was like, okay, I really want freedom more than I want control. So let's look at this. And I really started truly delegating. I would have told you before that I was delegating. We had 15 people on the team. I was the CEO and everything, but there was just so like a, a next level available and it required me to let go of control. Yeah. So take us through that. Like, what was the timeline of the coaching business being birthed from the agency? Like, what was that process like? And is that kind of when you decided to step back from the agency and like go that freedom route? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So we started the agency in 2018 and then 
I started the coaching business in 2021. So that was very surprising to me, actually, the way that it all happened. I, um, at the end of 2020, I was like setting intentions for the new year. And I was like, 2021, I'm going to be so soul led, like whatever, whatever my intuition is, whatever my higher self says, like, I'm going to listen, I'm going to take aligned action. And while we were in Sedona in between Christmas and New Year's, I got this like shamanic massage. And like, while I was getting massaged, I heard like, take four weeks away from your business. And then I got the further clarification that it was six weeks. And I was like, oh God, anything but that. Like, I mean, I know I said I would listen, but I didn't think you were going to ask me to do that. So I just like sat with it for a few days, like kind of secretly hoping it would just go away, but it didn't. And so I reluctantly told Jeff and our other business partner, like, look, something wants to come through. Something wants to be birthed. And like a childbirth, it's very inconvenient. It messes up your schedule. Like, I have to create this space. I need to step away from the business for six weeks. And I really thought that what was going to come through was going to be something for the agency. And really what came through was you need to be coaching women entrepreneurs. And oh, by the way, here are the ways to delegate the agency. So here's the person that needs to be promoted into an operations manager role. And here's the way the org chart needs to change. And here's how you need to get yourself like out of the day to day. So that's how it all started. And I was scared to death. I was like, okay, this is crazy. I'm doing this thing. What am I even coaching on? And then when it was like, it's money, it was like, what? I don't feel qualified for that at all. This feels like the hardest thing in my life that I've had to work on. That I'm like, like, exactly. Right. (laughs) Great. (laughs) But obviously it's been like such an incredible journey and really allowed me to, to live in more of my full expression. And I think one of the incredible things about the coaching industry, for those of us that feel called to it, is that like our own evolution is so front and center. And so it's like, we're really getting paid to work on ourselves. And the byproduct of the work that we're doing on ourselves is that we're better coaches and mentors for our clients. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And I, I, this is definitely a belief you and I share, and I would love for you to riff even further on it, but it's this belief that like, we have these soul aligned clients that are meant for us, that they, in the aligned timing, the aligned person, like Can you talk about that? Because I just, I remember listening to one of your episodes where you did like this recap of your first year in business and your income. And you talked about just that sole client that comes to you and how there's so many choices that we have in this industry. But like when we really tune in and tap into that soul aligned client, that's where things begin to change. So Mm -hmm. talk to me about that. Yes. Yeah. And so this is really being more of a feminine energy business owner. So of course, we're all doing the masculine things as well. But when we're doing it from a place of, I listen to my intuition. So I'm in a receptive state first, AKA feminine energy. And then I take aligned action from that place, masculine energy. I really think this sequence is so different. And so it starts with a trusting and surrendering. And so it's like when I show up on social media and share I'm sharing from a place of 
an intuition or a receiving or a channeling or something like that. And so then after I share, I get to go back into the feminine energy of trusting and surrendering that whatever the outcome is of that, it's out of my control. And that's actually a really good thing. And so when our soulmate clients come in, it's amazing the thing that they will say, magnetize them to us. And it's always like, just these random things that you couldn't predict or the thing that you didn't really want someone to know about you that you thought kind of painted you in a poor light. And then these incredible clients show up and they're like, me too. I love that thing about you. I love the way you say this, or I love the way you do this. Or I always kind of thought like as a new coach, I really wanted people to see me as a coach. And I was like, my agency does seven figures a year. My e-com brand has done multi-seven figures lifetime. Like, so I almost like didn't want to talk about those things. And then I've, I've had clients, very spiritual clients, psychic mediums and such that are like, you know why I hired you? Because you're a real CEO. Like you've run multiple businesses and you're not just a coach. And it's like, oh, well, what do you know? The thing I've been trying to hide and diminish this whole time is actually the thing that brought these incredible clients to me. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And it's just funny the things that people say. Like there's two things that are coming to my mind. I've had somebody recently go, I love how you say the word jupe, which is a word I use like talk about like the effect between like, the gap and like shortening that gap and collapsing time, which is just hilarious to me that that's like the thing, but also. Yeah. Like, you're I like, love wait, when, this whole time, all I needed to say was like zoop and I was going to get my incredible clients coming my way. <laughs> it's crazy. And then this other one is like, I love it when people are like, I have no idea why I'm feel like I'm meant to work with you, but I am. And I'm like, okay, I know why let's go. You yeah. know, it's so fun. Totally. I love that too. I mean, I have, I have one client. She was like, I bought your thing and I got on the airplane and there was no Wi-Fi and somehow your video played the whole flight and I knew I needed to hire you. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know how that happened. Like, I can't explain that. It makes no sense. And yet I just love it because I'm not doing anything to manipulate. And so the women that are coming to me are following their own intuition. And so when they show up and we get to work together, it just feels so magical, like right from day one from day one. And I love it how this is the most beautiful thing to me about when we lean back and receiving, we receive the message and then we take the action. It always comes with like, I mean, not always right at once, but it, we do get the play by play. We do say, Hey, here's how you shift the org chart. Here's how you do the thing. Here's how you have the conversation with the partners, like whatever you got to do. Most of that drops in. It's not like we're out here trying to figure it out on our own. We get those messages as well. Totally. We do. And it's like, I always say it's the breadcrumb trail. Like spirit rarely shows us the zoomed out picture where everything seems connected. Yeah, It's usually just like one random set of instructions at a time where you're like, this makes no sense. Am I going to listen to it? Okay. And then you do that enough times that then you look back and you're like, oh, what do you know? That was actually a really genius way of doing things. So did you, this situation, did you get the whole picture when you got the awareness or was it like just no. delegate this one thing or have this one, was it just a breadcrumb? Cause like, it's interesting when we tell the story in hindsight, it sounds like you just magically got delivered this package of instruction. Yeah. It <laughs> did not feel like that in the moment. It definitely felt like one thing at a time. 
And there was also just feeling of being in the void. So it wasn't like day one of six weeks off. It was like, you are meant to coach women entrepreneurs and you need to delegate your business. It was like, organize your fucking pantry. And I'm like, what? I took six weeks away at the very beginning of the year. Like, you know, in January, I'm always like, let's go, let's make things happen. Like, I love kind of the hustle energy of January. Mm -hmm. And here I am, six weeks, I'm being asked to reorganize my pantry. I'm like, this is bullshit. This is terrible. (laughs) But that's what was required, you know? And so it was like- did the next set of instructions come behind the pasta box? Like what- (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The cooking instructions for your coaching business. It is so like that though. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. So what were some, what are some like the ways that you navigate the void? Because when we're in the void, we want to just get out of the void. But I feel like when we do, there's still another gap between where we are and where we want to go. So like we are essentially always navigating this void space. So I would love for you to share some of your wisdom there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is just trusting and surrendering and really having a relationship with your intuition. For me, my intuition feels like my sacral because I'm a sacral authority in human design. And so just being in relationship all the time helps you to trust that same voice when you're in the void. And I know there's like a million analogies around the seasons and we're cyclical beings and we need winter because then spring comes But I feel like when you're in the void, all of that just feels really annoying. (laughs) You're like, but I don't like winter. Like, that's why I moved from Michigan to Southern California. Screw all of you and your stupid winter. The void always feels like it's so long and so obnoxious. And then you look back and you're like, oh, it was actually like pretty fast and kind of a quantum leap shortcut. So Although I still don't feel like super exalted in this sense, I do try to just allow things to be and know that they will pass and that it doesn't require me to feel differently or think differently or do anything differently, but just kind of surrender to what is, allow what I'm feeling to be felt and await instruction on anything that's supposed to happen. And if there's no instruction, then I guess we're just being today and We'll try to make the most of that. And that usually is the growth edge for me. Like the doing is so easy and the being is the place where I have to remind myself that I'm still worthy and this is still all good and <laughs> things will go on and there will be things to do another day. Yeah, that's the same for me. It's I had a past mentor say, the doing for you is not the problem at all. It's the resistance that I have to just being still or not doing. And usually once I, when I'm in a void, if I can just get to the place of letting go of like resistance to where I am, that's usually enough to like, shoop it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's like what we make the void mean. And like you said, the resistance to it, that makes it last longer. If we're just like, oh, I'm in a void and it sucks. And I'm really annoyed about it then we actually get through it quicker. Much quicker. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, I want to hear, as we kind of start to wrap this up, I want to hear about your, just your drive, what drives you and your commitment to both your business empires, plural, and your family legacy. Yeah. So I really feel like I've been given this mission to help the planet up level through putting more wealth in the hands of women. And 
So, you know, my podcast is a piece of this, like just having more open dialogue around money, neutralizing it a bit and, and just allowing ourselves to talk about how money makes us feel and what our thoughts and beliefs and feelings are. It's sort of amazing to me that we're in 2022 and that's still not commonplace. It's still not dinner table conversation. So that feels really important. And I believe that although I'm happy for men to have money as well, I really feel like so many of today's problems would be solved by women having more wealth and more power. And I believe that we will use that power for good and that we are using it for good. And that will also actually heal so many men in the process too, because we are building wealth in this new paradigm where we're not hustling so much for it, where we care a lot about who we're being and how we're feeling on our way to wealth. And we care about our nervous systems. We care about everyone involved. We care about the people that are working for us and with us, and we want it to feel good all around. And I think there's actually a lot of men that need to be set free in this process as well. And so we just get to do that for everybody by being our own living, breathing, best testimonials of this new paradigm wealth. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. It's everything. And like you said at the beginning, just how we get to lead our businesses, get to be us leading ourselves first and then showing up and helping serve the world in the process. It's just such a beautiful example of fullness, really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, to everyone who's listening that sort of feels called to this, there, we have an opportunity to sort of heal our hard money wound that we have to effort harder in order to make more money. Because when you look at doing the inner work and going first, for so many people, that is hard. And so it's like what actually for us feels interesting and feels like a fringe benefit of this industry. For other people, it's like I would do anything to avoid that. Like, oh, I'll give you $10,000. Amazing. But for it, you need to write a list of resentments about your mom and dad and work on reparenting your inner child and really go back to those traumatic places and offer healing. They're like, yeah, no, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And we go there. And so our hard work for money is really just being willing to go first and being willing to do the shadow work and do the kink work and do the inner child work. And then the result of that is we're an energetic match for new levels of wealth as we go. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is not easy work. I know it looks sometimes from the outside looking in this coaching money that we talk about or this, the, the offers and the things it looks easy, but it's so not behind the scenes. There's so much effort, like emotional effort and stuff that goes into it. It might look different than the physical efforts of like past ways that we brought in money as a society, but it is not for the fate. (laughs) Totally. 
Totally. I love it. Well, I would love for you to share how everybody can connect with you. Give us a glimpse of where, what's the best social platform, whatever you have going on. This is now your time to just share with everybody how they can connect more with you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I would love for you guys to come connect with me. I'm on Instagram at mmixmoney. I'm on Facebook, Emily June Wilcox. I also have a really fun and potent money quiz and it's free. If you go to moneywoundsquiz.com, you answer six questions and you'll get insight into what your top money wounds are and how to heal them. So would love for you to take that as well and just, yeah, slide into my DMs and say hi and tell me that you listen to this podcast. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for having us on the show. And I'm also going to link up our episode on your podcast as well. So it's easy for them to get over there and listen to that, which I feel like pretty much is right. They're right in line with each other as far as content goes. So it's going to be great. Totally. It has been so incredible getting to chat with you today on the podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and drop us a review so that you are the first to know when I drop a new episode for you. Oh, and don't forget, screenshot your show and post on your Instagram stories and tag me at Katie Fleming. I love getting to hang out with you each week on the podcast and can't wait to catch up with you soon in the DMs on Instagram. Let's do this thing.